Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with recent Disney bride Annie DiMaria about her wishes wedding at Walt Disney World. And I thought you guys would love to hear the story behind the fabulous pictures she got. So welcome, Annie. Thanks, Carrie. I'm really happy to be doing this with you today. It's really exciting. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you could be on the show. I always like to ask first how you even decided to have a Disney wedding. Well, Patrick and I, we met through, he, he was in a show with one of my friends, and he always says that the first time we met, I wouldn't give him the time of day, which is not true. But a year later, we met again. And he mentioned that the next day he was leaving for Disney with his family. And according to him, I lit up like a firefly and the rest is sort of history. (laughs) We both grew up going to Disney about once a year, sometimes more. So we just are Disney people. We go there all the time. And Patrick is, his family is from the East Coast. They live in Connecticut. And many of his friends also live in LA and we live in Chicago. So no matter where we did it, We were going to have at least half of our guests traveling, so the travel component of it didn't really worry us. And when it came right down to it, Disney made a lot of sense because both of our families love it and would be happy to travel there. And once we figured out that it wasn't that much more expensive than a wedding in Chicago or especially a wedding in Connecticut, which is near New York, and I mean, the prices there are astronomical, when we figured out it wasn't going to be any more than that, it actually made even more sense to do it at Disney. That's great. It's like all the stars were aligning there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So then I guess I don't even need to ask how your friends and family reacted when they found out (laughs) Disney World. (laughs) Yeah, they were pretty thrilled. They had actually for years been asking us, when you guys get married, are you going to get married at Disney World? And we actually always said no. Um, We were like, no, we're not going to do that. Disney weddings are, you know, it's too much about Disney and we want it to be us. And like I said, once we kind of did the research, it made a lot of sense. And also by the time we did get married, We had been to a lot of weddings and we really wanted something different. So like I said, it it just, it made so much sense that we kind of were like, never mind, we are going to do a wedding at Disney and (laughs) everyone was thrilled. You know, Patrick's side of the family was a little bit like, well, you know, a lot of the older grandparents, siblings aren't going to be able to make it. And we said, okay. (laughs) And we ended up having an additional reception in Connecticut Patrick's father owns a banquet facility there, so we actually got the bonus of having all those people come be able to celebrate with us anyway, just at a later date, which was actually two weeks ago. Oh, that's perfect. And I think sometimes, I'll have to get some guests on this show to verify this, but I think sometimes people are actually relieved when they find out they don't have to go to the wedding because there's going to be a reception later at home. Yeah, we had so we had sent those people invitations, but also put like an additional little thing in the invitation being like, we're also celebrating later in Connecticut to sort of be like, hint, hint, wink, wink, you don't feel like you have to come, you know, if that's pushing it for you. So it really worked out well. That's great. How many guests ended up making the trip? We invited somewhere around 135. 
and we had 107 RSVP yes, which is a pretty good turnout. We knew that we were going to have a good turnout. So even though people kept telling us, you know, like, oh, you know, not that many people are going to come, we kind of kept saying, no, but they really are. (laughs) And then at the last minute, we had four cancel on us a couple days before, and it was too late to get any of our money back. So we ended up inviting, um, we actually got engaged at Disney as well. And Patrick proposed on the big drop on Splash Mountain, (laughs) Um, which took a lot of coordination, actually. And so we've become kind of close with the manager there. And so we end up inviting her at the last minute. We were like, well, do you want to come to our wedding? Because we had four people cancel. We're not going to get the money back. So she came with her husband, which was great. So we only ended up having two spots we didn't get our money back for. And we were really happy with the number. We didn't go on the day of our wedding. We didn't like go table to table to say hello to everyone because we felt like we organically said hello to everyone at some point. That was really nice. Oh, that's wonderful. And I just want to put that out there for any of my listeners. If this situation ever happens to you and I happen to be in Walt Disney World, (laughs) you can always invite me to your wedding. (laughs) Exactly. We'll go too. So if we're there, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great. So now tell me a bit about the locations that you plan to use and how you selected them. So we were at the Yacht Club Gazebo in Atlantic Dance Hall. And we knew right off the bat that we were going to be looking at between 100 and 120 people. So many locations were not available to us right off the bat. We went and visited. I mean, we had seen it, but we went inside the wedding pavilion on our engagement trip just to take a look at it. And while it's beautiful, it felt a little churchy to us. It felt a little traditional. So when we went and looked at the Yacht Club gazebo, we were like, you know, this feels strangely more intimate in some way, even though it's a bigger space, it just felt more us. And also if we had gone with the wedding pavilion, we knew we didn't want to have our reception in a catering hall banquet facility type venue, because if we were going all the way to Disney, we wanted something more unique. So that would have necessitated that we provide transportation then or figure out transportation to get from the wedding pavilion to somewhere else. So the Yacht Club gazebo made a lot of sense with Atlantic Dance Hall because you literally just walk five minutes and not even really, and you're there. And we loved Atlantic Dance Hall. It was big enough for us. It was still different enough than a typical venue. And additionally, the boardwalk in general is our favorite area. We usually stay there, whether it's with his family or even if it's not, and we're not staying there, we tend to just kind of gravitate toward the boardwalk all the time. So it was a perfect fit for us. Now. Where did you actually end up having your ceremony and your reception? (laughs) So we did get rained out of our ceremony, which, you know, obviously was not ideal. The whole planning time, like the year leading up, I kept trying to, every time I visualized the ceremony, obviously I would first picture it at Yacht Club Gazebo and then I'd sort of mentally prep myself and say, okay, but it might not be there. So don't picture it there necessarily. And it was a beautiful day and the forecast was saying rain right at you know, 4.35 o'clock, which is when our ceremony was. So our planner kind of kept saying, okay, we need to set up inside. And we kept pushing for, no, 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 come on. It's, it's looking okay. It's looking okay. So everything was set up outdoors. We got all of our photos outdoors because we did a first look. So everything was before the ceremony. We even got photos of the Yacht Club gazebo 
we had sunglasses and fans on the chairs and people were there and they're beautiful photos. And then almost right at five o'clock, there was lightning. And then it was no longer our choice to have the ceremony outdoors, (laughs) which was kind of a relief because in the 15 minutes leading up to the ceremony, our planner kept telling us, okay, we need to make the call. We need to make the call. And we kept looking at each other like, we want it outside, but we don't want to get poured on. What should we do? And then as soon as lightning appears, it no longer is our call. So that was sort of a relief to just be like, okay, got to do what you got to do. So in those couple of hours leading up to the ceremony where our planner kept telling us it was going to rain and she was right, she had originally told us that our backup room was the room where we had had the rehearsal the night before, which is just a room, one of the banquet rooms, which we weren't crazy about. So we asked her probably around noon, the day of the wedding, is there anywhere else you can give us? Like, we love natural light, something a little bit more interesting. And she was able to get, basically, it's like the hallway where there are banquet rooms right before, it's like on the border of the Yacht Club and Beach Club. So there was a nice long walkway of the hallway, and then there was natural light coming from one of the sides, and there's this sort of big painting behind, is was the backdrop for our ceremony. So it ended up being kind of a blessing is what we say, because it was obviously hot out. It was July in Orlando and we had a jazz trio and we had a lot of funny ceremony pieces that I think may have gotten lost in the heat outside where people were just probably thinking about how hot they were. And instead they got to really focus on our ceremony, which was a ton of fun. And the acoustics of the jazz trio sounded great. So we kind of like to say, you know what? It was a blessing so be it. Our rehearsal dinner was at Epcot the night before. And in the months leading up to the wedding, I kept saying, if you twisted my arm and said, do you want to get rained out the day of your wedding or the day of the rehearsal dinner? I kept saying, I'd rather have the wedding day get rained out because the rehearsal dinner at Epcot in Italy, it's sort of all about being there, being outside. Whereas the ceremony, it's like, well, it'd be nice to have a pretty backdrop, but it's about us and and what we're saying. So we got sort of the trade that I would have desired, which was being outside for our rehearsal dinner and being inside for our ceremony. So it all worked out great. And a little tip, I guess I'd say to Disney brides and grooms is don't be afraid to ask for something even last minute. Like I said, we were supposed to have a different backup space that we weren't crazy about. And even at noon, when we said, is there anything else you can do for us? She was able to pull something together. So you never know what they can do for you. That's wonderful. And it looks great in photos. It, if you didn't know the story, you might think that you had requested that spot. So Yeah, it was funny. A lot of our guests were like, that was awesome. Like, we never would have guessed that that was a backup. It was even better. We loved the long walkway. It was great. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, originally you talked about how you were wary of having a Disney wedding because it was too Disney and it wasn't enough about you. Did you end up putting any Disney touches in your ceremony or your reception? Yes, we did. And we kind of kept saying it as, oh, we were kind of, theme is hidden Mickey maybe. And, And maybe it wasn't always so hidden necessarily, but it was Disney touches. One of our Disney touches was our cake, which was in the shape of a Mickey premium ice cream bar. I love that. Um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a big hit. People really liked it. And that actually came about as trying to save money. The cake was not very high on the totem pole in terms of our priorities. And so we were trying to think of like a one story simple cake that would, you know, not be terribly expensive. And we came up with that and it was perfect because it was 
not, I mean, it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't super expensive, but it was perfect. It was funny and unique and it was delicious also. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to ask is what, what flavors was it just traditional chocolate and vanilla or did you go wacky or how did you? We did. And this was another, don't be afraid to ask Disney to change things. Before our tasting, we asked if we could have cannoli filling for our cake and it was delicious. We obviously ended up choosing that after our tasting. It was cannoli filling with almond cake and then the chocolate on top was a chocolate ganache and it was so good. We had our cake for breakfast about five days after our wedding. They gave us (laughs) one ear was left over and it was waiting in our fridge after we got back from the reception. Like I said, we just ate it for breakfast many (laughs) days in a row and it was delicious. And we keep saying to each other, remember how good that was? It was so good. It was, you were absolutely correct. Whenever you say, you know, Disney does cake, right? You were absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. And I highly recommend the cake for breakfast route because you can always get a fresh cake made for your anniversary. Right. Some of the other Disney touches was I created little Mickey ornaments for our favors. And again, it was sort of favors were not high on the totem pole in terms of wanting to spend money and time on it. And I did end up spending a ton of time on it, but I was really happy with the result. They were hand painted and each one was different and they were sort of in our colors. So favors were little Mickey's. For our ceremony, my uncle was our officiant and he very briefly, he made this sort of joke of like, I will put on the ceremonial hat and it was a Mickey hat (laughs) and he took it off. So that was sort of a brief little Mickey presence at the ceremony. And then our first kiss, we used a pasta noodle a la Lady and the Tramp. (laughs) Um, So that was just sort of a fun little, you know, everyone laughed. and Boy, but who was keeping the pasta noodle all all this time and where was it? (laughs) Um, Actually, the the pictures are kind of funny. We put it in a little box. We cooked it the night before. It was actually on my list of things to do and I almost forgot to do it. It was like 1 a.m. the night before the ceremony. And I was like, what am I forgetting to do? What am I forgetting to do? Oh, my gosh, I have to cook the noodle. (laughs) I like, you know, boiled a little cup of water in our microwave and put the noodle in. And then I put it in a ring box. It wasn't the ring box that our rings were in. And I just gave it to my maid of honor. And I didn't tell her what was in it. I just told her, you're going to be asked for this toward the end of the ceremony. And she was like, okay, you weirdo. I don't know what this is. And I'm putting this in my pocket, but okay. And then obviously it became very clear what it was. So we just asked for the box and it was funny. It was fun. And then, but it was, it had been sitting in the box all day, obviously. So it was very chewy and there are very funny pictures of us like kissing and then like breaking apart from the kiss and sort of like gnawing at this piece of pasta. (laughs) But it was fun. That's great. So now you've talked about how the cake and the favors were not high on the priority list for your attention and your budget, although the favors ended up taking a lot of attention. Uh, (laughs) That's always the way. What were the most important aspects of your wedding when you were planning? Food was one. A lot of our friends and family are foodies. So we wanted to make sure that there was an enticing and interesting menu. Our chef, Reggie, was, was fantastic. He made changes. He took our suggestions. We actually ended up using one of the dishes we tasted at our tasting for our rehearsal dinner. So that worked out great. It was like sort of, we chose three entrees and then we were like, oh, but this one was so good. And we ended up using it for the rehearsal dinner. So that was great. I I can't say that there was anything unimportant. Like I'm one of those people who has been dreaming about this day forever and planning and Pinteresting. Like I'm one of those crazy people. I admit (laughs) it. But I did try and stick to 
you know, the top three or four things that were most important. So food, photography was very important to us, but I'm a budgety, bargainy kind of person and I didn't want to spend a ton. So photography was one area where I did a ton of research. I was picky about what I wanted. Patrick, he works for a videographer, so he's like sort of in the field and knows what he's looking for and what he likes and what he doesn't. We didn't like a lot of the photographers that felt very over the top and edited. We wanted a much more natural feel. We wanted crisp, clean, genuine photos, not very posy. So we ended up finding our photographer, Ashley Jane, from Ashley Jane Photography. She was a perfect fit because we also wanted somebody who was experienced with Disney. I was actually very surprised when I called a lot of photographers how many in Central Florida had no experience with Disney weddings and had never even been to Disney. You know, it's like crazy to us. We're like, what? We're there all the time. How have you never been there? Or never, you know, being a photographer, never done a Disney wedding. And that always concerned me. Like, even if I liked their photos, I was like, well, I don't want to be like telling my photographer where a good place to take pictures would be. I would love to, to have them sort of say, oh, this is a great spot. See, I've done this before. So when we found Ashley, she said in her about me section that she loves Disney. At the time, she hadn't done a Disney wedding yet. But when I contacted her, she's like, oh, my first one's in a month. I'll send you the pictures. And we so made the right call. We loved her. Her photos are gorgeous. And she loves Disney and so knew the grounds had good suggestions. We did a first look at the boardwalk at Seabreeze Point, actually. And then we took two hours where we just went around to different hotels and took photos, just the two of us. Hmm. We went to the Grand Floridian. We went to Wilderness Lodge. And it was it was great. It was the best decision I made, I think, that because I got out of the room where hair and makeup was being done, where it was just sort of a sort of stressful place where and lots of people, lots of girls, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> dictating what they wanted. And I got to leave and just go spend a couple hours with my future husband. And we had so much fun. And like I said, because she knew Disney, she was like, oh, stand over here. Let's go to this spot, you know, which was great. So we were so happy we found her. She was in our budget. It took a lot of researching, but she was awesome. That's wonderful. And then the final thing I'd say that was really important to me was my dress. As I said, I am one of those girls who's always loved wedding dresses. I watch all the shows. I, you know, know the designers, all that. So this was important to me. But as I also said, I'm a budget shopper. I didn't want to spend a ton of money. So for years, I've actually been browsing sites like preownedweddingdresses.com, OnceWed, Tradesy, eBay, looking at their selection of wedding dresses. So when we got engaged, I knew it was my goal to buy either a used or a sample gown. I did not want to pay full price, especially for the gowns that I liked. I like unique stuff. So since those gowns typically sell for about half price, when I was dress shopping, I told the salespeople that my budget was double what it actually was so that I would go home and look for the dress used. And it ended up working out perfectly for me. I did end up buying my dress used. After I found my striped dress. I knew it was for me. So I went online, searched for forums, discussions, blogs where anybody was discussing this dress. And I posted requests saying, you know, if anybody knows of this dress for sale secondhand, let me know. And then sure enough, on Wedding Bee, a girl responded saying, I might be interested in selling it. I just bought it. And her wedding was in April. Mine was in July. 
So we actually signed a contract before her wedding. So before we knew what condition the dress was going to be in. So it was a little bit of a risk, but April to July had enough time where, you know, if she spilled red wine down the front of the dress, I would have time to find something in those few months, but it all worked out perfectly. There was some dirt on the bottom of the dress and that was it. But she sent the dress back the day after her wedding with a friend who was from Chicago. Her wedding was in Texas. So the dress was in my hands less than 48 hours after her wedding. And we were basically the same size. I had very few alterations. And then actually as a bonus on wedding B, I had somebody else contact me. I actually had three different people contact me to buy the dress. So I'm in the process of also selling it. <laughs> so I got my dress for a fraction of what it, what the value of it was uh, brand new. And I'm really happy about the whole process. It was important to me, but like I said, I also work on a budget and this just, it couldn't have worked out better. I highly recommend it. It it was a lot of legwork, but it was worth it. Yeah, that's, this is great advice. Um, Definitely something to think of and something, a unique way to have the dress on the budget. You got to try it on in a store so you knew it would fit you and then everything. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, it was a lot of sort of legwork, but it was fun legwork for me. I am I like researching how to get the best price about something. And I actually, one of my cousins is getting married and she called me like two weeks after the wedding. She was like, okay, I can't believe how good your dress looked. You have to tell me how you went about finding it used. So I'm, I'm all about it. It takes, you know, it's a leap of faith a little bit, but it's great. It was great. Oh, that's wonderful. So after all of this, all these great stories, everything that happened, (laughs) what was your single most favorite memory of your wedding day? Probably our first dance. The ceremony, obviously, you know, like actually marrying him. Yes, of course. The ceremony was very personal and so much fun. And another reason why I'm so glad we did the first look is the adrenaline from the ceremony kind of carried over right into the cocktail hour. And then right after cocktail hour was our first dance. So that energy, you know, and like I said, our ceremony was funny and just upbeat. It carried over right into our first dance and it wasn't choreographed or anything, but we just danced our hearts out and we were silly, which is very us. Our song was Huey Lewis's The Power of Love. (laughs) Um, So it was very upbeat and just us being, you know, crazy. And I think it just represented exactly what we wanted our wedding to be, which was fun, people laughing, but still about us rather than Disney or Mickey or anything like that. It was just people having a good time and us connecting and it being about us. So it was, when I think back on our wedding day, I think I was dance. So the other thing that made our wedding, I think, really special is unbeknownst to each other, we both made videos as gifts for each other and showed them at the reception. My video was a like a parody of Pharrell's happy video, and I had had all of our guests record like a 30-second clip of themselves dancing or singing along to Pharrell's song, Happy. And then I had one of Patrick's friends who works with him for the videographer uh, splice it together into a video, which was a lot of fun because even the people who weren't able to come to the wedding sort of had their presence at the wedding because they were in the video. Patrick had no clue about it. And all of the guests were also involved in it. So it was fun for them to look forward to seeing it. Um, And they, you know, kind of kept asking about like, when is that happening? So that happened after dinner. And then Patrick also made a video (laughs) 
where he made a Disney safety video parody. So it was right after our first dance, before everyone sat down before the toast. So it was like, you know, please keep your arms and legs, you know, that kind of a video. But it was for what to do at a wedding. And the Disney employees thought it was hilarious. And it was a total surprise to me. And it was also very funny because when I had contacted our planner back when I had the idea months and months ago, and she told me the price for a video screen at Atlantic Dance Hall, I was like, oh my gosh, no way. No way am I spending $750 to show a video. Forget it. And Patrick had done the same thing, had contacted our planner. And when she told him $750, he said, absolutely no way. (laughs) And he would kill me if after the wedding, I told her that's how much that cost. So I sort of thought about it for a few weeks and then was like, you know what? It's what I want to do. It's perfect. I'm going to regret it if I don't do it. I'm just going to pull the trigger and spend the money. So I told her to go ahead and charge me for that. And then she contacted Patrick and said, hey, we figured out a way to do it for free. Do you still want to do that video? (laughs) So Patrick thought he had like, you know, gotten some pixie dust and gotten the video somehow for free when really I had just paid for it. So that was sort of funny. But we both felt great about it later because we kind of got more bang for our buck and we got two videos for the price of one. And it was a lot of fun. And like I said, it, it was nice to incorporate the guests. And it's a nice memory as well to watch from time to time. I actually just watched it again for the first time in a while. I was like, this is great. So it's another great memory of our wedding. That's wonderful. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand that maybe you were stressing out about and then it turned out not to be a big deal? I think that we were pretty good about keeping things in perspective. So there wasn't anything that I was freaking out about or anything like that. I'd say the only thing, a couple days before we left, it suddenly dawned on me, will people know where to go and how to get to the Yacht Club gazebo? A lot of our guests were staying at the boardwalk, but you know, what about the people who were staying at Pop Century? Would they realize how to get there? So like two days before we left, I drafted up a real quick welcome letter that I ended up just having the front desk hand out as people checked in. And I know that, you know, welcome bags, I don't have a fee or whatever, but they all gladly did it for no charge or anything. And I didn't hear about anybody having trouble. If I had to guess, I don't think it had anything to do with my welcome letter, honestly. I mean, it may have helped a couple of people. But in some way, shape, or form, people figured out how to get there. And that the welcome letter probably was not necessary, but I guess I'm glad I did it just in case, like I said, it did help a couple people. That's interesting. And is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? One of the things that in hindsight we were, we contacted my planner about because we weren't so happy with was we had, like I said, the jazz trio for the ceremony. And the idea was to have them for the ceremony and then to have them for cocktail hour. And you book them in three-hour increments. So basically, we ended up, our ceremony did start late because of the whole rain and we had to move inside. So that's fine. I understand the way it is. We weren't going to get maybe as much music as we thought. However, what we didn't realize and what I think Disney should have told us was that in that three-hour block of time, a half hour of that is rehearsal time for the musicians. So I thought they were going to play, like cocktail hour was supposed to start at six and go until seven. And I thought we were going to have like from six to six forty-five or whatever. And basically it was like, as soon as cocktail hour started, the jazz trio was done. Mm. And I remember thinking that kind of doing the math and being like, well, I know we started late, but we still should have had like a half an hour with them. Like I said, and afterwards when we contacted our planner, she was like, oh no, it's because 
they start at 4.30, even though you're ceremony. Or no, they start at 4, I think. Yeah, for a 5 o'clock ceremony, they start at 4 o'clock. That first half hour is their rehearsal time. And then from 4.30 on, they assume that guests will start showing up. So that was just very unclear. And had we known, we would have paid for an extra hour because the jazz trio was fabulous. And we would have loved to have more of that at the cocktail hour rather than just for like the first 10 or 15 minutes, which it took our guests 10 or 15 minutes just to get over there. So like I said, it was kind of as soon as it started, the jazz trio was done. It's definitely something to know. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know if maybe I, I was pretty good about like reading everything and, you know, doing my research. And I don't ever remember seeing that their hours started at four o'clock. So I was disappointed. And like I said, it wasn't, it was one of the things that Patrick like really wanted was that jazz trio. Like it was one of the few things he asked for. So we would have paid for an extra hour, but we just didn't know. So what are you going to do? Interesting. Do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? I do. For one, and I'm not just saying it because I'm on your podcast, but get your book. Uh, I used it a ton. It was so helpful. It did so much of the legwork for me in the research. So it's, Worth it, get it, read it, use it over and over. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. We also rented DVC points. I recommend that. You know, obviously that was kind of through your advice as well. In general, to me, like I said, and I like doing the research, but I would say do your research so that you know you're getting the best price for things and you know you're getting what you want. We did over much, after much hemming and hawing, we did the BOC versus the package for alcohol. And it, it, I literally went through each of our guests and said, okay, I think that they will consume this drink, this drink, and this drink. And then I added one drink on top of that and like calculated it all out. It took me like two hours. And I figured out based on my research that if they consumed what I thought they would consume, the BOC would still save us $500. So I figured, okay, that's like one more drink for each person. And so we did BOC and we ended up getting almost $3,000 back. Wow. So mine is a success story. I know that not every story is a success story, but know your guests. We knew that they weren't big drinkers. We could count on one hand the people who would have more than three or four drinks. And obviously it worked out hugely in our favor. I am now pro BOC. I was nervous about it, but it was great. I would also say a rehearsal dinner at Epcot, if you can swing it. We had said dessert party in the beginning, but my father-in-law was hosting and he insisted on a full dinner. So whether it's a dessert party or a dinner, it was one of our favorite memories. It was so much fun. You know, it's one of those things that you can only do at Disney, and I'm glad that we did it. As I said before, don't be afraid to ask Disney for things that they maybe haven't done before. They might try and get you to do what they've done before, but... You're paying for it, and nothing comes cheap, so have have it be worth it. We had them make carrot cake cookies, which is one of our favorite desserts from Hollywood Studios, and they had said they had never really done that before, at least at the boardwalk kitchen anyway, they had never done it, and they turned out great. We're so glad we had them. Same thing with, like, the cannoli filling I talked about, you know, just ask. And they also, at the rehearsal dinner, made the recipe for Patrick's dad's vodka sauce, which they replicated and did a great job. We hadn't tasted it at the tasting. We just kind of trusted that they could do it, and it worked out awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm always telling people, you know, customize those menus if you have a family recipe or if you want. So I'm glad to hear that it really did work out for you. Yeah. The other thing I would say is take advantage of your annual pass perks. Like we bought the Tables in Wonderland card, which 
is a hundred dollars, but if you use it with big groups, it pays for itself very, very quickly, which we did. We were in the days leading up to and after our wedding, we were meeting, you know, 20 people for dinner and 15 people for lunch. And with the tables in Wonderland card, you know, you save almost 20% at every restaurant. So that pays for itself very quickly. We also ended up booking a room. We stayed one more night at the last minute, which we drove. So we had that flexibility. And at the last minute, we were like, why don't we stay one more night? So we used our annual pass rate to stay at Port Orleans an extra night. Just, yeah, use all of your perks that you get and figure out what they are. That's great advice. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? Yes. I have a blog where I am currently recapping the wedding, which is boardwalkbride.weebly.com. And I'm also a blogger on Wedding Bee. And my blogger moniker over there is Mrs. Lama. So you can find me on Wedding Bee or boardwalkbride.weebly.com. Well, Annie, thank you so much for sharing the story of your day. I think you've offered a lot of great advice and some tips and some stories that are going to make people feel better. (laughs) (laughs) A little long-winded, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. So I really appreciate your taking the time. Thank you very much for having me. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com.